Should I, I feel like this episode I should start with like Cowabunga. <laughs> Do they? Well, we can talk about it in the episode. Uh, I don't remember them uh, saying Cowabunga in this. They must have. It certainly wasn't like oh, wow. a thing. I just it just lost a half a star. Yeah. And uh, welcome to the second episode of Partial Remake, a podcast within our podcast, a spinoff podcast that we do when one of the movies that we've covered is remade in a modern version. Yeah. That's so we did this previously, right? With uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, and it's a slightly different format, right? I think the approach we take here is more about did the remade version improve on the original idea? Did it capture the core of it better? Is the remade version a replacement for a canonical movie, uh, potentially, or is it canonical in its own right? Yeah. Right? Something like that? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I think it's... it's. This is a very plotty movie. Oh, what movie are we talking about? <laughs> uh, today... Oppenheimer? We're talking about, yeah, Oppenheimer, the remake of the original bombing. Uh it's the remake of Demolition Man. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, uh, this week we're talking about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, uh, which is the spiritual successor to the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I guess it's just a continuation of the franchise um, where there was previously three movies in the original series. We just covered the first one and then there was the animated one. So there was the TMNT CGI animated 2007 movie, which I saw in college and I thought was very cool. Uh, I think if I watched it now, I would think like, it's a little bit lame. I don't remember that movie at all. Uh, the only thing I remember is that, like, it's very RAF-focused in my head. But this is not a partial remake for TMNT. The only thing I remember about it movie. is seeing it in the movie theater in Washington Heights, because I'm pretty sure it's the only movie I saw in that theater, ever. That movie has very movie theater in Washington Heights energy in my memory. <laughs> right. So it seems appropriate. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there was that movie, and then there were the two Michael Bay movies. Right. Uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. And then there's this new movie, Mutant Mayhem. Right. There are also a number of TV shows and video games in that time. Something I didn't mention in the last episode, which I thought was crazy. There were three Ninja Turtles video games on the Nintendo Entertainment System within like one or two years of each other. They just kept doing those things. So the the one that you played on the Super Nintendo is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, uh, Turtles in Time. Okay. Are you... And now I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh, Where I think it might have been on Nintendo. So could it have been one of those first three games or no? It could have been, though the timeline suggests that you were probably playing on Super Nintendo and also the fact that you described it as a good video game that was fun uh, <laughs> seems to indicate you were talking about the Super Nintendo and your description sounds like Turtles in Time right uh, so I suspect that that's what it was that was the arcade game and then it was the fourth game on a Nintendo system and so they called it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4 Turtles in Time Okay. To avoid confusion, I guess. But so that pre- uh, did that predate the, that predated the movie then? It, no, it was after the movie. Oh, it was after the movie. Um, would have been ninety two or something. Uh huh. All right. I think. I believe it. Uh, but anyway, there's been a lot of Ninja Turtles stuff. Ninja Turtles is is. Um, you were saying it's almost like a spiritual sequel. Like I don't think it's that at all. I think Ninja Turtles are like. I hate this expression, but it is kind of like Ninja Turtles are a modern mythology that we just keep reinterpreting in different storytelling formats. Uh, So like different people are just like, well, I have my version of the Thor story, so I'm going to write Thor. Uh, 
And it's like different people are just like, yeah, I have a different way of telling the Ninja Turtles. Uh, right. Which is weird, weird because is, there are just so many versions of this story. And it's so absurd. It's about teenage mutant Ninja Turtles who eat pizza. Like, why is this the thing that we keep focusing on? Exactly. Uh, but there is something really, really uh, um, good about it, which segues nicely to this movie, because I think this movie captures a lot of what makes the Ninja Turtles resonant with this audience. Yeah. Uh, and I think this movie really focuses on that well, and maybe we should start with the facts. Isha, do you have the facts for the movie pulled up? Uh, no. You should have just made a totally unprepared face. <laughs> I could do that now. <laughs> he, he literally was like, oh my God, I'm naked at the test. Uh, I, I didn't know this was a thing we did for this part also. Uh, uh, it's, it's worth doing the facts. Yeah, fine. Uh, facts. Uh, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Mutant Mayhem was directed by Jeff Rowe uh, with a screenplay by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh, and Jeff Rowe and Dan Hernandez and Benji Savitt. A lot of people. Um, and if I'm not wrong, Jeff Rowe is the director of Mitchell's vs. Machines or the writer of Mitchell's vs. Machines. Yeah, he was a writer on Gravity Falls, which was a good show, um, and the co-director of the Mitchell's vs. Machines. Yes. Which was a good movie. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember. I could probably do a partial recall on that, too. Um, we all know who Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are. Uh yeah, Benji Salmon and Dan Hernandez are writing team. They, they did were the writers Detective on the Detective Pikachu. Pikachu. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which also, good movie. Yeah. Um, Very enjoyable. Benjamin Adam Samet, I assume, is the Jew of the two of, the two of them. <laughs> there has to be a Jew in every writing team. <laughs> that's, that's the... Yeah. Uh, oh, he also wrote for discovered. The Tick uh, of, our, of, oh, of our sister okay. podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, um, the same three of those people and the guy named Brendan O'Brien uh, wrote the story. Um, obviously based on the characters by Peter Landry, Kevin Eastman, as we said previously. Uh, it stars, notably, a bunch of teenagers playing uh, the, the, turtles. the titular turtles. Um uh, Ayo Edebiri. I'm excited for Is this. That Ayo? Oh yeah, there you go. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of the bear and of being funny and other stuff. Maya Rudolph. Who was Maya Rudolph? She was the villain. Oh right, yes, of course. Not Ice Cube. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. not a mistake you just made. No, no, no. The the <laughs> the woman who you thought might have been a good guy originally. Did you think you thought she might have been a good guy? No, she works for TCRI or whatever the spoiler alert. The plot of this movie is dense. too dense. Uh, that's my well, we'll get to reviews, but that is a knock on this movie, I think. Okay, well, anyway, John Cena, Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne, Natasia Dimitru, Giancarlo Esposito, Jackie Chan. You haven't said Ice Cube yet. Ice Cube, Paul Rudd, Austin Post, who I think is Post Malone. Yeah, uh, Hannibal Burris. I didn't know he was in this either. Uh, so a lot of people. The other thing I would say about this is like some of the uh, trailers were like the funniest voice cast ever assembled, but like these were all very minor roles that most of these people were playing. They were funny, but it wasn't like they were the main draw. And I would say the most notable part of the voice acting was the children. They were awesome. It's the kids and Io Beery. and uh, Ayo Io. Yeah, and and Jackie Chan. Obviously, yeah. Oh, Jackie Chan's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of really good monologues. Um, Does that say milking machine? <laughs> uh, it was released uh, August 2nd, so uh, just last week. Uh, we're in time of 100 minutes, uh, a budget of $70 million, and the, it says here box office is $64 million. I feel like it's already past that. Um I uh, this movie is weirdly quiet here, and I wonder. I wonder if it's because the Ninja Turtles are not as big in the UK. But like, I wanted to see this movie on a Saturday night, on its opening weekend, and I looked at five theaters, and there was only one that was showing it, and they were showing it on the smallest screen, uh, and that's where I saw it. Do you think it has um, to do with the uh, turtle, the Ninja Turtles ban of nineteen ninety? It genuinely might be related to that right because like, obviously did they become, might not have a huge cultural footprint here right. because there was this pushback 
I like you said cultural footprint. You know, Foot Clan footprint. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> it has not oozed into the public consciousness here. <laughs> right. It hasn't left a splinter in their brains. Uh, it's as if they put it in a shredder and forgot about it. The turtles have been lost to time. There you go. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, it, it, they, they turtled up into their shell and and prevented it from becoming a thing that they latched onto. <laughs> uh, anyway, we should just keep doing this for, for I, I do. Have, I have to say something. It's not. I, it's almost like a lot of times in the second half of the episode, I call out things I forgot to do in the first half. But in the previous podcast, in the Ninja Turtles podcast, there are multiple instances where you talk about liking the length of Donatello's staff. And I really let you off the hook there. I did not one time even laugh at you saying that. I'm pretty sure one of the times I said it, I did some kind of like wink and nod. Uh, so I think I was somewhat aware. I think one of the times you edited it out, you even said you prefer you like the length of his shaft. Like, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure that that didn't happen. That that video uh, you sent me about the Michael Bay movie <laughs> must have been stuck in my head. Uh, the Ninja Turtle penis. <laughs> yeah, uh, a very funny video. It was a very funny, <laughs> very funny. I don't think I saw those movies, those Michael Bay movies. No, I, I know that I didn't. I know that I didn't. They um, uh, do look pretty gritty. All right, so let's get into the plot. Um, the movie opens with this is why i thought my rudolph's character might have been a good guy the movie opens with um a scientist played by john carlo esposito okay of uh like a, a broken a breaking bad a breaking bad a, a weirdly big casting for a character who is only in the first scene of the movie yes so basically he steals the mutant making stuff well, he is like the scientist who has made the breakthrough on how to create this ooze that creates these mutants that his company wants to turn into super soldiers, but he does not want to do that. But so, also, he does want to do something evil. Right. That's why it was kind of lost on me. Like, I thought the company, I thought the implication at the time was the company was like, we're going to use this for general good, and he's going to use it for general bad, and that's why we're going after him. What? good did you think they were going to use it for well you were like oh yes they're going to make like a mutant fly person for a good cause yeah what's an example good cause world peace you're gonna have to connect the dots <laughs> i don't know <laughs> step one make mutant fly step two huh? right i guess i didn't think there was so much good as i i thought it was positioned like they were trying to like keep the, this in check like in the lab and he was gonna like get it out into the world Right, so right away the movie is like throwing a lot at you. There is this company, it's TCRI, they have this program, this is their lead scientist. He has the only one who has successfully mutated anything. He's run away from the lab with his formula and the, the first mutant. And he's, you see him making more mutants. In like and then jars, yeah. They send in like a SWAT team to get him. Like the first clue that this isn't a good company right. is that they employ a bunch of mercenaries with crazy guns. Uh, and okay, I mean, I, obviously, you still live in America. You're like crazy guns could be good. Yeah, I mean, everyone should have crazy guns, right? How are you going to protect yourself if you don't have crazy guns? It's true. When a giant mutant fly attacks you, you need yeah. to have a crazy gun. Uh, um, yeah. So I they, guess. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about they that. Made the, you've, you've been, you've been uh, England pilled. Uh, As I brexited <laughs> from the U.S. So they. Uh, <laughs> So they they uh, they find him. He's like talking to his fly about how he's gonna like create a bunch of like a family for him and like you know. And then they break in and uh, the fly gets out and like whoops everybody's ass um, and and saves all of the other animals that are like all the other um, yes beakers test tubes. or whatever. Uh, um, there it is, science tubes, fallopian tubes, um, not not fallopian <laughs> tubes. They were full up of ooze. <laughs> full, uh, up, full up full tubes. Full up oozian tubes. Um, yeah. Did they Perfect. get the scientist? Does it matter? I don't remember. I think they kill him. Okay. They kill him. Because there's an explosion. Right. And then uh, and well, the, the fly, fly 
Doesn't the fly also like take out the main mercenary's eye? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, the fly escapes, and then it's like they drop one of them drops down the sewers, like one of the ooze canisters, and then it goes like fifteen years right. later. And then you meet the Ninja Turtles, um, who are great. I really like. I would say the biggest, the best difference between uh, the original movie we just reviewed and watched. And this one is the voice acting of the Ninja Turtles as far as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the definition of that. Far more believable to me. Far more believable, far more fun and engaging. They they feel to me like modern teenagers. For sure. But 30 years ago, did teenagers talk exactly like this? Or did they... Were they more like... Because I, I do think that emotionally the teenagers in the 1990 movie were teenagery. They didn't... I wasn't struck by the... And Corey Feldman was 18 years old. That's true. I just... It, I, at no point in that movie was I like, these are teenagers. In my watching it. That's fair. And like this one... Well, they're also... They're much bulkier. They're much bulkier. Yeah. yeah. This one really felt to me like they were teenagers. Um, and I do think... Uh, the emotional beats of this movie were really good as far as the uh, feeling of like isolation and being a teenager and being right. different. So we meet we meet the Ninja Turtles there on an errand yes. for Splinter to get the groceries. So do they steal like, or do they like leave money? I think they left money, but also where would they get money from? Right. So they steal. Yeah. Uh, and this is what we'll talk about this in the review in the in the what we thought about the movie section. But there's there's some parts of this movie. In that vein that I was not super into, which we'll put a pin in. Uh, so we meet them, they're running an errand, and and they're like, hey, Splinter doesn't know how long it takes us to do any of this stuff. Let's go see a movie. Yeah. And they go see Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and they're like, oh, if you're in high school, you get to lead a parade. Right. Which is a great, like, uh, misbelief, right? And they're just like, we want to be normal teenagers right. in high school. And immediately the movie sets up their storyline yes and they're like looking at the crowd and everyone's like hanging out with their friends or like with their girlfriends and they're very uh they're dismayed it really it's a good it's a good emotional beat it plays really well because they don't say i'm sad that i'm not a regular teenager out loud but they talk about it in a way we're like oh this is sad like they're it's very well handled their sadness in that sequence anyway they go back shredder's upset to i mean shredder god splinter and leonardo tells them Uh, and they're all they're all mad at Leonardo. They get grounded for Splinter a month. is like the humans will never accept us, and he tells them this is when he tells them the story of the one time when he was like raising them, and he was like, "You were so desperate to meet humans, and I tried to take you up, and everyone yelled at me because I was a rat man, and so then I've decided to live in the sewers forever." Yeah, and that was a funny yep. uh, and sad scene uh, when when that happened. Um, also, like, well, he had, like, the mustache and, like, the afro. It was just, it was, it was just very funny. <laughs> funny. Okay. So then the other thing that's happening is there's, like, a crime wave in the city where all of this, like, tech from the company, which I believe is TCRI, is being stolen. Uh, and I think we see one of the, th- no. It's we know his stolen. name is Superfly. Then, like, we see that in the We back. know his name is Superfly, but we, we think right, it's. by someone called Superfly. We think it's like just, well, we don't think because we know. But they think it's like uh, just a villain. Well, no one has any idea of mutants. Right. So they think right. it's just a villain's name. Uh, and then we come to the Ninja Turtles. Uh, they're playing on the roof and they throw a Ninja Star off the roof. And it it's hits April, April O'Neil's oh, yeah. helmet. And she starts yelling at them, and then one of those crews Steals her. steal her Vespa. Great scene. And the Ninja Turtles go get it back a for very her funny because scene. Leonardo's like, that's the most beautiful girl I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen. Yeah. And all, it's just a great scene where they're like, uh, your bike is being stolen. And then like they're like, all right, well, we warned her. And I was like, no, we have to go. And then, like, then they get into the fight. The other, the, Okay, so the, what's very different canonically in this movie is that there's no... Uh, um, what's it called? Ninjutsu. There's no. Um, well, they are trained. They're trained because they want Shredder. Want uh, God? I had to stop saying Shredder. Splinter. Splinter. Shredder's not in I this know, movie until the which very I end. did not stay for. Uh, I did. Um, they. Um, he, there's no like uh, Shredder or Orokusaki or like. <laughs> Correct. There's no reason yes. that he, Splinter is played by Jackie Chan right. in this movie, other than the fact that in the original Ninja Turtles, Splinter is Japanese. Right. And the idea The character is, in this movie is a New York rat. Yes. 
who sounds like Jackie Chan. Yes. <laughs> and gives great monologues. But, right. But the idea is he, after that experience where he tried to take them out, he's like, we have to protect ourselves. So he basically just watched like a bunch of like martial arts videos. Billy Blanks. Yeah. VHS tapes. So like there's no uh, can- canonical uh, reason that uh, Splinter is good at martial arts and teaches the turtles. He just wants to keep them safe. So he teaches them how to do that. And um, and it's funny. And, and so again, like similar to the uh, original movie, that was their first fight because it was all theoretical. Yep. Um, he taught. So yeah, yeah. They they destroy up that house. They return April's bike, and this is where the central plot of the movie for the turtles forms, which is they become friends with April. She wants to April. They become friends with April. She's a journalist for her school paper. She wants to solve the superfly story. these crimes so that she could. Divert attention from the fact that the one time she was on camera, she barfed everywhere. (laughs) And they want to solve these. And so she can be accepted as a normal teenager. And they want to solve these crimes so that everyone will accept them as normal teenagers and allow them to go to high school. She positions it that way, right? Like, they say to her, like, would anyone accept us? And she's like, she's like, no. Uh, The only reason I accepted you is because you were a hero to me. And that that's your in, you know. So that's the plan. So once they realize they can, like, kick these people's ass... Like oh great, and then they just like go around like beating up all of the of like correct. So then it's basically the the plot of Old Boy for a little bit. <laughs> they just go beat a bunch of people up trying to find the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, it's both the plot of Old Boy and shot kind of like Old Boy. Oh, interesting. Uh, April's filming filming them the whole time for like this larger correct. story. Yeah. Um, and then then right, and they're following April's leads. And they eventually figure out who Superfly is, and they meet Superfly, well, they, they and he's get the like, pe- where they f- he's Ice right. Cube. So the guy, right, the last guy they beat up is like, he's he needs this last part. So they, like, they beat up those people, take the van to the drop spot, and then Superfly comes out, it's Ice Cube, with all of the mutants. Right, and then when he sees that they're mutants, he's like, we're brothers, let's hang out, this is so cool. And then they hang out, and they're all like, this is so cool. And then he tells them his plan to basically kill all humans, and they're like... But humans are okay. Maybe we shouldn't kill all of them. And then he's like, I'll kill you. The best part of that meeting is when Michelangelo and Paul Rudd's character are vibing. (laughs) Very entertaining. Yeah. So his whole plan is he's going to uh, turn all animals in the world into mutants and then use that army to kill all humans. This actually, instead of Splinter... In, in you know watching his master and learning ninjutsu in this movie superfly watched his scientist master and learned science so he's building this like giant ray gun that's going to shoot the ooze and into the atmosphere the crucial thing is that both of these both superfly and splinter have the same misbelief yeah. which is that they right. can never coexist with humans uh splinter's thing is we're going to go into hiding Superfly's thing is, we're going to destroy all humans. But they have the same fundamental belief. They just have a different... Right. So uh, they get in this big chase. So anyway, then there's a whole bunch of action. There's a big chase. There's one more device he needs to get. He gets the device. The Ninja Turtles need to stop him. Right. Well, you're missing the part, the important part, where they have this big chase outside trying to stop stop from taking the piece and building the thing. And then it, it all, like, they think they're winning and then, like, they lose and then they get arrested by... The acronym? TCRI. TCRI. And they get milked. And Shredder oh, was correct. right. And April... Splinter, so you keep saying Shredder. God, why do they have the same name? They don't. <laughs> it's basically uh, the right. same. So the thing is that Splinter has always told them that if the humans capture them, they're going to milk them <laughs> for their blood. And then when they get captured, they, they attach get... them to a milking machine. Yeah. And April... Um, watches them get arrested and they're like April help us and she drives away and they're like I can't believe she just abandoned us like if that's like our only human friend and she does that like what humans aren't worth saving and then she goes to get Splinter Splinter goes to save them he does all of his karate uh, ninjutsu uh, Uh, like uh, the locker with all of their weapons falls on him and then he cuts himself out of it he has all the weapons and he beats everyone up Uh, and then he's like 
the, because now like they're down on the human race ish and or no i guess he saves them they're like okay but then they're like let's just go like it's too late and he's like no we have to save the humans because like they think he's gonna like ground them and take them back to the sewers right he and then they care. go to save everyone um, yes. they they win the fight against Superfly, but they drop his device. Instead of shooting his device into space, it shoots it into, into the, the water, water, and it turns like a giant whale and Superfly. Well, and he a bunch falls of in also. Yeah, he Basically, falls in also. Also, during that fight, they rally all of the other mutants to be like, we don't, we shouldn't right. kill the humans. They all agree with the turtles. They all agree with so Superfly against Superfly. Yes, and then and then he, he becomes Godzilla. Yes, and he falls into the zoo and absorbs all the animals in the zoo, which is great. Uh, which is great. Um, and then like his he, leg is a bunch of horses. Yeah, and then he goes into the city and starts destroying. He starts throwing cars at everybody, and then they go to try to stop him. And then again, he basically beats them. But then, oh, and then the news is reporting that basically the Ninja Turtles are the ones leading the mutants against the city. April right. runs into the studio, gives her thing. She's like, I did it. And then she pukes, which is very funny. She's the one who rallies everyone behind the Ninja Turtles. And, and then, then everyone the helps the Ninja Turtles yep. and the other mutants and all the humans and the turtles work together to stop him. And the way that they stop him is there's this like anti-mutant gun that's all of the TCRI agents have. They take the anti-mutant whatever thing and throw it into the blowhole of the whale. Back where we started, guns are good ultimately. Obviously, everyone agrees. You've convinced me. Uh, guns are good. Yeah. Uh, oh, what a sad pretty, thing to say. Pretty, pretty sure that was the point of the movie. So then... Uh, are we a Guns Are Good podcast now? <laughs> are we on the whatever network, the Ben Shapiro network? Yeah, whatever gets us more listeners. Um, so then they are accepted by humanity as the... Like, the plan... Right, and then they, they get to go to high school. The plan works. Well, so the plan works... Only after they accept that they were doing the plan for the wrong reasons. And they shouldn't try to win the humans over by being heroes. They should just try to be themselves. But then they end up being heroes. So the plan works. But they have to first self-accept, both April and the Turtles, that they were they were doing it for the wrong... It wasn't Lishma. Yep. Is what That's a, yeah. a good um, point. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, yeah. So, no, a good point. So then they're accepted. They uh, put on human clothes. I guess they were naked the whole time previously, and that was kind of weird. Uh, so they put on, like, human clothes, and uh, they go to high school. And then they open the door, and they're nervous, and then everyone's like, hey! And then that's the end of the movie for when I walked out and took my kids to the bathroom. But apparently there's a... I don't know why I didn't figure there was a post-credit scene. It's It's not even really a post-credit scene. I guess it is a little bit post-credit. It's like a mid-credit scene, right? Mid-credit. Um, and. Happens? Uh, basically TCRI is like, they're still around and they're still villains and they're like, we'll have to bring in the shredder. And then it, like you see the shredder in silhouette. That's it. doesn't oh. really make sense that they'd have to bring in the shredder. Uh, but that's what they say. It's like, uh, it. Sonic. So how is it like Sonic? <laughs> uh, did, did you watch Sonic too? No. Oh, well like they introduce, um, what's his name? Super Dr. Robotnik. The black Sonic. Like the, uh, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Uh, I think his name was like Supersonic or like Megasonic. Uh, uh, Shadow? Shadow, there you go. Yep. That's similar to Supersonic and Megasonic. Just like Splinter and Shredder are the same, Super and Shadow are the same. The crazy thing about Shadow the Hedgehog is that his thing is that he has guns. <laughs> he's like, he's like Dark Sonic and has guns. Why does Sonic need guns? He's already cool. All roads lead back to the same place. Um, so that's the movie. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ninja. Nope. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. What did you think? Uh, and you, who'd you go with? Who'd you go with? My whole family. Whole family. We went. We were on vacation. We went to a movie theater and watched it together. Obviously, we didn't um, download a pirated version. What were, of it. What were the, the all the reviews? Uh, everyone really liked it, uh, except me. No, I, I liked it. I didn't. Well, we said it was going to be a ten. It's not yeah, a ten. It's not a ten. It had issues off the bat. Number one, it's not a ten, uh, and number two, it is not better than the new Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean that was obvious. We we both knew it wasn't going to be better than Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, 
uh, going in. Like we, I think if you listen, if, if listeners do a, a close listen to the last episode, we both say, no, that's too much. Yeah. Uh, okay. So those two things out of the way, uh, I'll give it an eight. Does so I, give- I, I also am giving it an eight. Uh, I can tell you, like, I have all my notes. Like, it was really fun. Really fun. It was funny. It was yes. really high energy. Uh, the kids have real chemistry. Yeah. And they're they really do behave like kids. Like they're if the if the nineteen nineties movie is are they teenagers? They're older teenagers. If whether or not they're actually teenager right. adjacent, they play more like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. This is like these 14. teenagers play like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Like yeah. they play younger, which is really uh, great, and they're so fun. They're really Jackie funny. Chan is incredible. Incredible. Yep. It's an incredible performance. He's so funny. <laughs> Uh, the milking machine thing is a, is just amazing. Yeah. The sequence where he brings in the cardboard standees of the Chris's. Yep. And he does like a whole monologue. I was expecting him <laughs> about to... how Chris Pine is the best Chris. Yeah. Although I was really hoping he would pivot into how Chris Pratt is the worst Chris, but I guess you can't do that. Can't really uh, do that. Yeah. Um, I think the the main hook of the story is really on point, like emphasizing the turtles' isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how that they just want to hang out with with humans. Um, the action sequences are really cool. Yep. Ice Cube is amazing in the movie as Superfly. Yeah. He's so perfect. Uh, and I like it generally when movies do the thing where the good guys and the bad guys have the same belief and interpret it to different ends. Yes. Because there's that moment in the movie where Splinter realizes he sounds a lot like Superfly yep. and is like, oh, I'm wrong. Yep. Uh, but that's good screenwriting. Like, I like that. Yeah. So I all agree. of that. Agreed very, on all those good. things. Here are my cons. The movie is too plotty. It has yeah. two villains, TCRI and Superfly. It introduces us to an inventor character who is irrelevant and also a villain. Uh, it's too plotty. It's just there's too much to get lost on. I think there's streamlining that could happen there. It was just a little bit. It wasn't hard to follow. But there was just like too many things that I felt like I had to remember. Yeah. Uh, there's this this review of Attack of the Clones that I remember uh, from like when that movie came out, where there was reviewers like you just get the sense of like, will this be on the test when you're watching the movie? Because like everyone's just explaining things to you. The beginning of this movie especially feels like I'm going to be quizzed on it at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I host the podcast, so I sort of am going to be quizzed on it at the end of the movie. Uh, but. Not my favorite characteristic of a movie. Yeah. Um, I also found Splinter's motivations. It plays like a joke. The yeah. sequence where he goes up to the human world and they don't accept him. And it, it is funny. But it is like he takes from that moment of his immediate rejection. I will live in the sewers forever and be alone and die alone. As like the only option. It's a little bit of a stretch. No, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think, but it, it doesn't, because it's played for a joke, it doesn't land perfectly. Um, bah, bah, bah. A few other notes. I, I thought, kind of, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I was, no, you can finish your criticisms. I, I, I have a, a couple more. Um, I thought that the, the, the stakes were too high. Okay. I almost feel like because the Ninja Turtles' goal is to be like accepted in a high school it would have been fun if the stakes were lower uh in the sense that like they're not stopping a gigantic monster from destroying new york but like they convince themselves that the lower stakes thing that they're doing is on that level because they have like a total misunderstanding of stakes because they're teenagers that's interesting but i think like i'll give that that, i'm not taking points away from that that was one where i was just like it almost would. I wonder if it would have been a little bit more fun because this leads into my next thing. This movie is exceptionally violent, uh, and like, there's no blood. Leonardo kills people in this movie. Does he? I don't he remember. must because every time they fight people, he's fighting them with swords. Right. Right. And he is swinging those swords really hard. <laughs> like a lot of people die. Yeah. At the hands of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, this was this is my main criticism of the movie. Like, 
because it is tonally much more fun and much more silly and much more goofy, but it's trying to stay true to the spirit of the idea of Ninja Turtles. I thought it was like too dark, both in terms of like that old boy sequence specifically, where they're just like running through gangs and beating them all up. Um, but also like it was, I know it's like Ninja Turtles and they live in the sewer, but like it was a brighter kind of movie than the original one that we covered in terms of just like the tone of it. And so like the fact that it was like all at night and all shrouded in darkness and also like the Trent Reznor score, like all of it just like, I, I'm a, I'm an adult. So I guess if anything, it should have been pitched more towards me, but like, I wanted it to be almost like a bit more kid. Like it just felt a little, I I was watching it the whole time. And I was like, Oh, this is like scary and like dark for my kids who didn't, ever indicate that and they were like that movie was so fun but like i wanted it to be a bit brighter for my kids than it was well the thing is you don't need to baby them right like your kids enjoyed the movie that's fine i think the movie if it had had lower stakes it could have been less violent but still stylish right and like you ever seen the movie um brick you've seen brick right we saw brick together together in college Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh the thing that's funny about that movie is that it's like it's a noir detective drama, but it's set in high school. Yeah. And everything that everyone is doing in that movie is high school mischief, but they're treating it as if it's not. Right. Right. And they could have done that in this movie, right? They could have played the action sequences totally stylish and cool, but had it been like the high school equivalent of fighting a gang. Right. Right. Whatever that is, right? Like you could have stepped it all down a notch. Or it could have just been like uh, like that first fight was, and I think they tried to maintain it. But that first fight was like a lot of like accidents, like they they kept trying mm-hmm. to do stuff and like messing up, and like that's funny. But then like that montage of just them just like beating up every gang member, they were just like beating up every gang member. Uh, it was much like straighter with swords. Yeah. Uh, uh, so then here's the thing that I'm curious how you feel, and this one I wrote this note and I I put it in my cons section, but like. I don't know if that's because I have a broken franchise brain, but there is a part of me that does not like that at the end of this movie, they're in high school. In what Because sense? the Ninja Turtles aren't supposed to be in high school. Right. They're supposed to live in the is... sewers and not be accepted. And so the, the franchise part of my brain that I'm saying is maybe broken is I'm like, but how do you continue the story if they're in high school and then the other part of my brain is like no but that's good they told a complete story with a full arc why do you want them to have withheld the end of the arc right uh, there's an emotional resolution to this story which is nice uh right so i'm conflicted on that well i could also see it going the way of like um uh the new spider-man movies where like the there's there's drama in that everyone knows who they are and then like something happens in the next movie but like that played pretty mixed in uh, the new Spider-Man movies, certainly. But like, I'll give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt here that they. You mean the Tom Holland Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not sorry. the masterpiece across Correct. the Spider-Verse movies. Yes, oh, I'm really excited. I'm going to watch that again this weekend now that it's on digital. Um, I am really excited to watch it again. I'm like, hey, let's all watch it again. And my kids like, we just watched it. I'm like, yeah, it was so good. <laughs> like, it's so long. I'm like, Didn't you right. tell me that your son was like, I want to understand how to go into the multiverse? <laughs> yeah, he was watching YouTube videos on like, uh, like the physics, uh, the theoretical <laughs> physics behind my multiverse. God, your kids are so much smarter than you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it's good. good. Children it's of the future. Good. Yeah, Children yeah. Of the future. It's good. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just there was something about it that just. For as fun as it was, it just kind of, like, rubbed me the wrong way. It, and I think it was, like, more about the presentation than the actual story or beats. I do it think just, that is this movie wanting to have it both ways. The, we talked about it in the first movie. It's like, is, are you splitting the difference or are you threading the needle? Right. And this movie, to you, it seems like it feels a little bit like it's splitting the difference. Yeah. I don't it's know why it bothers it, me so much. It's like so fun. It is so fun. But, like, then why is there, like, a grinding, metallic Trent Reznor score happening? Like, I don't understand. All, like, the 80s hip-hop was great. Like, why is Trent Reznor scoring this movie? I don't understand. I will say that didn't, the score didn't bump for me at all. Like, when I saw Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross at the end there, I was like, oh, shit. Like, that was a good score. 
Uh, but I didn't. I wasn't like watching the movie, being like, "This is too intense." Yeah, no, there were parts where there was like, "Is that night?" And there was like, "I'm like, what is this?" Like, like come on. Um, and again, especially because like it didn't, it didn't mesh with those like hip hop tracks, which I thought were really fun. So I just, yeah, I thought they were. I think that what they were, they wrote a really fun movie, and they were like, "Well, it's the Ninja Turtles," and like, the story of the Ninja Turtles is like everything happens at night and in the sewers, and it's dark and like. It's just that part felt like they they needed to work that into this larger fun story they wrote, and like that I think right. is what was kind of rubbing me the wrong way about it. Again, yeah, rubbing me the wrong way is like you're still giving it an eight. Like you, yeah, you still it liked fun. it, Andy. Yeah. He still liked it. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> uh, the other thing we didn't talk about is the movie looks great. Oh yeah, um, it's it doesn't look as good as Spider Verse in my opinion. But that's a silly thing to be doing anyway, like comparing two movies and being like, Agreed. which one of these movies is animated better? Like, it, it looks great. It looks great. Um, uh, it's a good style. I, I do really like the way they, they they do capture a sort of teenage energy yeah. in the art of it, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. And like it wasn't obviously like Spider-Verse as far as like the many different art styles, but when they were um, making the plan about how they were going to be heroes and it was like uh, crayon drawings. <laughs> crayon drawings, yeah. Uh, that was good. No, they, they used the animation very thematically. It wasn't just like, what's the best way we can animate this movie? It's what's the best way we can tell this story through an animation style. And they did that really well. Uh, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Does it it's replace uh, the OG? It's interesting. I... As a Turtles fan, like, as a Ninja Turtles fan, it does not feel to me like the purest version of what the Ninja Turtles are. Uh, in that there's no Shredder. Splinter's not Japanese, except that he's played by Jackie Chan. Uh, and it's not... It's a, bit of but, a bas- it's a bit of a bastardization of the original story. But that's also okay. Like, I'm not a sacred cows person, a sacred turtles person. Right. <laughs> Uh, it's fine. It's fine to to mess with the formula and reimagine it, and it's actually good to do that. Uh, is it a canonical movie? No, but I don't. I, don't I, I would. So. I would also, as I said, argued in the last episode. I don't think the first one is canonical as far as like what my kids need to see. I will say my kids already saw this, so it's kind of a moot point. But like, this would resonate more with my kids because the teenagers in this movie sound like what they hear every day as opposed to like cowabunga snot breath uh which is like not what they hear sadly i wish i heard people calling each other snot breath we want them to be more creative let's get you got to do alphabet insults throughout the day i want you to get home and call me like a zoinking zebra and i'll know you had a good day of insults yeah yeah uh zoinking zebra like they said like mid and sus in this movie which i thought was funny but, like, I don't know if they necessarily were trying to play it for a for laughs as much as, like, the snow kid's stuck these days. It is. Um, uh, like, when they were, like, um, in the shadows, when they beat up all those guys and April came to, like, get her bike back. And they're like, you gotta go out there and talk to her. She's like, I think it's kind of weird that you guys are uh, in the shadows like that. And they're like, oh, this is really sus. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, no, no, but, like, good movie. I think... I, good... I, I think, I think it's another one of those that, like, I could see myself a few years from now sitting on the couch with my daughter. She's like, oh, I want to watch something. Like, if she's into sort of cartoony action movies and I see it on whatever it would be on Paramount Plus or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Nick Jr. Plus. I don't know. Whatever this movie would be on. Whatever streaming service. Uh, whatever Max Plus thing. Uh, I could turn it on. I could imagine, like, being like, oh, yeah, this was fun. Let's watch it together. I don't think I would explicitly like Seek it on out. my own be like, we have to watch this movie. Right. Right. You'd probably start with the Michael Bay ones and go from there. Right. Uh, I'd be like, do you want to get out of the shadows? <laughs> um, yeah. And then we I, would go from there to A Star is Born. Because we'd go out of the shadows into the shallows. And is then that the, is that the song? From far from the shallows. Damn it. <laughs> I didn't see uh, Star is Born. Uh, uh I'm anti-Lady Gaga as an actor. Really? She's so good in that movie. Yeah. I don't have know. Have you seen it's, it? No. Well, this is have, not what I'm saying. Have like, you seen House of Gucci? No. Uh, see, House of Gucci is 
fun. It's not great. I didn't love it. But there's a line that she says in the trailer for that movie that Megan and I still say all the time. And when when I say the line, I, you'll understand exactly how often we say it. Um, she just goes, we have to take out the trash. Like in that, it's like the most comedic Italian accent ever. Uh, and basically every time I have to take out the garbage, I'm just like, we have to take out the trash. Yeah, it's good. No, I, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, uh, she's going for it. It's like my LeBron James thing. where like, as soon as everyone's like, Lady Gaga is a great singer and a great actress. I'm like, ah, I bet she's not a good actress and I'm not going to watch any movie she's in. Uh, so no, she's like, great in A Star is Born. That's actually a great movie. Yeah. What do you, how do you think she's going to be in the new Joker? I didn't like the first Joker. Now I'm really trying to get our podcast canceled. I didn't <laughs> think that movie was that good. So that I one I actually might just not see. I didn't even feel compelled to see the first Joker. I mean, it was, it looked good. I Something about I the know. Batman franchise, and I guess this kind of ties into here and then we can move on, is like, um, and I haven't seen the new Batman either because it's like, everything's just like, how dark and twisted can we keep pushing it? Uh, and like, it was like, oh, the Joker story, but like, no uh, camp or whimsy, just like dark and angry and like incel. And I, I just, I don't need that in my life. Um, and like the yep. new Batman, like, will I watch it? Probably. Well, like, I think oh, it's I like that. I actually liked the Batman because I like Matt Reeves and I'm obviously a big Pattinson head. I don't know if that's obvious. I know. I was like, where, what's obvious? Uh, I just love him. Back. He's great. Um, uh, my, the last thing I'll say about this movie is that I wonder if I'm becoming a bit... Uh, I worry that I'm becoming a bit uh, podcast-brained. Although, we landed in the same place, so probably not. But, like, if I didn't know I was going to be thinking about it and talking about it for this uh, partial remake, would I have been looking at things to detract points from or would I have just enjoyed it for what it was? Because, like, I was talking to other people who uh, don't do a podcast with me about it. And they were like, that movie was awesome. It was really fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And I was like, eh, it was it was good, but not great. So that's a, a concern of mine. Not that I really care. But that's, uh, I, I'm just wondering if maybe that, that plays into it at all. I hear that. I, I definitely think that. The, the bringing a critical eye to it for the podcast is sort of, we've talked about this to death, but it sort of like changes how you view the movies. Yeah. In any case, this is a long partial remake episode, but we have a couple recurring bits that we have to do. I will start with uh, film Twitter corner, which will be a nice break from uh, soccer transfer corner, which has been consuming me all day. Boo. Um, I know I live in a country where I'm supposed to love that, but Boo. <laughs> Okay, this is another visual gag, but it really made me laugh. Um, it says, possibly the best bit in any TV show ever was making Teen Dexter, just 40-year-old Michael C. Hall, the cheapest wig ever made. And, and here's the <laughs> That's true. I remember that. <laughs> uh, it's true. It made me laugh because I remember that's exactly what they did. Uh, and then here's a DC one. Oh, that has 50,000 likes. Um it's a and good tweet. It's a good tweet. Yeah. Here's a DC one, which has also uh, made me laugh. Uh, it says, you think darkness is your ally. It's such a tough line because Batman 1000% thought darkness was his ally. Bro cut them lights off and thought he was about to sweep the board and they said he got his back broke. And then a bunch of uh, skulls after, you know, because of Bane. Um, that movie came out like 10 years ago. Yeah. That has 103,000 likes. No, that's stupid. Um. Yeah, I was. Uh, do you have a Do you have a Jewish transformer prepared? I don't. So you, I, I need to uh, transformer. I I'll think you'll characters. Okay. Let's. See. Uh, here we go. Ready? Here's my one that I have prepared. Let me pull it up on my list. Where's my list? Did I delete my list? Nope. Um, I think you'll swipe right on this idea. Instead of Bumblebee, we have J Date B. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's good. I like it. Um, hold on, I have to think of one. <laughs> J Date B. That's good. Um, it's hard, man. 
I spent yeah. a lot of time thinking about these. I've got a whole list. Jay Dapey is not my favorite one, but it's a pretty good one. It is a good one. Uh, uh, I think I'm out. I, I'm going to Mirage, Sideswipe. I don't know. All right. Uh, there's like there's one that I, I feel like I could do something with. Uh, it's called Cyclone, Cyclonus. Kind of sounds like, you know, like Colonimus, like Cyclonus Common, the Rebbe. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's awful. I know. <laughs> I got that. Even make sense. No, it makes no sense. Something about Cyclonus just sounded very Jewish to me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, that would be a good that would be a good like uh, angle to go like trying to like work like Woody Allen into Oof. like a Woody Allen bot like find something like that like Allen I'm sure there's I'm sure there's <laughs> one called like <laughs> Transformer Week Woody Allen bot <laughs> no but, like there's probably one called like Allen Wrench called like Woody Allen Wrench um, yeah oh, this is all gonna get cut okay <laughs> um. All right. Well, I, I don't, I don't. Did we pivot off of we? I don't, I don't think we pivoted off of um, the Super Mario Brothers remake for the last one. But let's pivot off this one because, as we've discussed, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a real wasteland. Um, yeah, we don't want to go off Corey Feldman again. There are like we could go off Sam Rockwell or Skeet Ulrich, but like let's go off Jackie Chan. It's more fun. Yeah, Rush Hour. Rush hour. Let's do it. Rush hour. Uh, I do understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. There you go. No, I'm excited to do rush hour. I I loved those movies. I liked all of them. Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, how many? Three. Three. I definitely saw them all in theater with my friends. Uh, so I'm super excited to revisit them. In my head, rush hour and Shanghai noon and nights and Wild Wild West. Are all like one big ball of uh... Wild Wild West. A very different movie. I know, but it, it a movie. By the way, we will definitely have to cover on this podcast at some point. Because I was saying, you go from Jackie Chan in Rush Hour to Jackie Chan in Shanghai Noon to Wild Wild West because they're both like westerns and like those like were anachronistic all anachronistic like, western. Yeah, it was thing. like on the same yeah. like era. Um, okay, Rush Hour. I don't remember that movie at all, so that'll be fun. I bet you're gonna like. Uh, do the plot perfectly no i definitely do not remember it's it's like a classic well we'll get there next week i don't remember the movie super well next episode remember, yeah i guess we, yeah we'll save it we're like why is it called rush hour <laughs> we'll 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 find out pew pew